Closer than you think. We're about to hit the east gate, give you a chance to escape. You'll need to move if you want to make it out. We will, and thanks. Make for the east vehicle pool. You'll find a walker there you can escape in. Now, I just have to make this look convincing. Okay. Ezra! What? That is convincing. Yeah, but I was gonna do it. Well, if he's one of us now, you'll get your chance. Greetings, Forsketeers, and welcome to another episode of Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast here on the Random Chatter Network. I am Spectre 7. Joining me, as always, are Spectres 8 and 9. Guys, how you doing? Good. Doing really good. All right, now before we jump in the episode, last week, remember, the Rogue One tickets went on sale. Did you guys get them? I did. I'm going on Friday and Saturday. Nice. And uh, what? Unfortunately, no. I couldn't find anybody to go with me, so. <laughs> See, I, you could have booked it with me because we got our showings, so. And I tried looking too. On Thursday, I tr- I tried looking for the time you you're going at, and it was already sold out by then. So bummer. yeah, you're well, going on only... Thursday night, right? Yeah, on Thursday night. Yeah, I bought two tickets for Friday, and I'll find somebody to go with me, or I'll have an extra ticket and have no one sitting next to me. But I'm going. Well, if you lived up here, you could go with us. Well, if you live down here, you could go with me. That's also true. So. That's a circle fire. All right. Well, <laughs> but man, like the stuff's coming out for this episode uh, for uh, that movie. I'm just getting more worked up. I got the hiccups right now because I'm so excited. I'm trying to avoid spoil. I've been trying to avoid stuff because besides like cute little things with the actors, but not. I don't want to know anything. All I know is that the guy who plays Krennic, Ben Mendelson, Mendelson yeah. has a huge crush on Felicity. <laughs> Uh yeah, they did so a cute. really cool. They did a really long um, featurette uh, on Facebook Live last week, and it was really really good. Like just kind of watching them talk, and um, Gareth Edwards admitted, but not admitted that he. They asked him what prop they took from the from the movie, mm-hmm. and he said that he took the Death Star plans. <laughs> like the actual physical prop they use. Yeah. So, um, I mean, a pretty if you're good gonna, one. yeah, if you're gonna steal something, it's definitely gotta be the Death Star plans. I mean, and then Ben Mendelsohn uh, kind of joked that they were um, that the Empire was gonna get it back. It's oh, so. yeah. He's he's so much more cheerful and goofy than his character is. Kind of like uh, Donal uh, Gleason is. They're both kind of polar opposites of the character that they're playing. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's really funny and I haven't read the book yet. Uh, Rogue one mm-hmm. catalyst, but it's a younger Krennic in there. Yes. And, and apparently he's like saucy and sassy. And Oh, there is a sass off between him and Tarkin that gave me life. Like <laughs> I, I really want to read the book now because it was just, I love that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. All right. Well, let's uh, dive into an inside man. 
the eighth episode of our season here, Kanan and Ezra infiltrate an Imperial factory on Lothal, making shocking discoveries, while Grand Admiral Thrawn continues his plan to crush the growing rebellion. Now, I loved this episode, especially compared to the last two that we had. Like, this was such a shot in the arm that we'd been talking about we kind of needed with, with this. Like, right away, we got, you know, Kanan and Ezra back, you know, doing their own solo thing. You have Thrawn and some also like cool mysteries. So I don't know. How do you guys do you guys want to break it down or jump around? Because there's a lot to a lot of good stuff to happen this episode. Yeah. I feel like this is there a was... Lindsay heavy episode. So <laughs> Yeah, your, uh, your boy Thrawn had a lot to do in this episode. So I know he had a lot to do and we've got again, they gave a huge nod to him enjoying art what i liked is that they tart you know they had his art collection which obviously is jumping way ahead in the episode but we saw touches from when he was you know we saw the art that he took from um hera there's a ton of you know her family's portrait is now in his art collection yeah uh ezra's cadet photo from season one is also there too like yeah the, the jedi temple mask also, yeah, K- Kanan's mask was there, so or he's maybe not Kanan's mask, but like, yeah, a, yeah, he's collecting all of these little trinkets that have to do with these characters. So it's while he has his art collection, it's also like a history of his enemies, which I really enjoyed, which is very, very thrown, very, very thrown, and and it's very much a kickback to Air Air to the Empire. It's like what we wanted to see since the beginning of the season. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's obviously there. They were all ho- hollow pieces. So he's got some room somewhere that we still haven't seen that has the actual art, which we've seen pre when we, he was first introduced, we saw some shots of him that we haven't seen yet. Um, and I assume eventually we will see his full art room. Yeah. One thing I liked was they gave the, um, the description of the Alliance logo or at least the, the one that's Sabine's drawing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like right now it's the Phoenix, Phoenix the Phoenix, Phoenix logo. Yeah. The Phoenix um, eventually, eventually yeah. it becomes Phoenix like Squad. the Alliance Starbird, but that's what was cool about hearing Callus tell the backstory about it. I mean, obviously yes. it's a Phoenix rising from the ashes, blah, blah, blah. But it, it's kind of cool to have it in context now. Like that was, exactly. that was really cool to hear. But so of course we're starting out on Lothal. Which we've yeah, seen. we're back. We're back, we're on, back on the ball, too. and Ryder's back. It's nice yeah, to have yeah, Ryder back. back. And that was the thing. Like I thought, Ryder was our inside man, but as we find out later, it's not. Oh, oh. oh see, like the, I thought the same thing in the beginning. I, I almost started getting disappointed. I was like, "Oh, he's our inside man. Come on!" And then I thought Sumar was the inside man. You know, obviously <laughs> later on in the episode, but I you know, I really liked I really liked seeing Sumar again. Like. We only had him in the one scene in season one, but it was cool to see him and his wife super excited to see Ezra again. Yeah. Like that was that. I mean, and and then when he's like, you know, like you've grown and you're so tall now, you've cut your hair like that. That was really nice. And it was like it was nice to see Ezra kind of turn into a little blushing kid when he. Yeah. And it's kind of it's clear that like Lethal is like our tan almost the show's Tantooine and we keep returning to it and focusing on it. And of course it's because, you know, it's Ezra's home. Ezra's home and Yeah. Obviously Thrawn recognizes that. Like he makes a big point of saying that Lothal is very important to the rebels. And that's why he's 
Well, he figured it. He figured it out in this episode. Yeah. Like he didn't know that beforehand, and that was that was something like he figured out using the art, like using the the phoenix that Sabine draws. He was able to figure out that, like you know, like this symbol is pretty much only drawn here. And so that that's how he was able to figure out that Lothal was meant so much to these rebels. Yeah, and he, right. said, he also makes he makes a distinction like these rebels, not not the overarching rebellion, but like these but guys, these specific guys. Right? And he also pointed out too that they'll always return because it's something special to them. Mm-hmm. Which uh, that line that line was a little weird to me because they don't always return. Like this is the first time they've been back since like the siege of Lothal last season. So but, or, or when they saved a uh, rider last season, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's but been a while. Yeah. It's been a while since they've been back on the planet, too. So, but can we talk about like the opening scene where? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that cool like when they hopped on to Riders. Oh, is his land speeder? Mm-hmm. And then they do that cool trick where they slice the the legs of the ADDP. Like I just loved that. Yeah, like because well, while I was watching it, you know, Ezra was using his blaster, and I was like, man, I really hope they get their lightsabers out, and they did, and it was awesome. Do I don't remember? understand how they like were able to hold on to the land speeder the entire time, but the force. <laughs> the force. Yeah, just the force. They were just holding on <laughs> real tight with the force. <laughs> but you no, know, like that that was cool. And then the how the when he kept telling them like you know, we'll get to one ninety and you'll be fine. Yeah. And then Kanan's like, What happens at one ninety? Like <laughs> It was a great great way to introduce the sabotage. I thought that was a really active, neat way for them to introduce what they had been doing to the the speeders. Yeah, and like I thought I thought the sabotaging plot was was neat like it's a good plan, but it seems really I kind of amateurish. Mm-hmm. And as we see, it definitely backfires on them. Because yeah. you when you get people looking too closely, like obviously like something's going bad. Yeah. And uh, but obviously at this point they're still kind of amateurs. This is the amateur, you know. They're fighting well, yeah, back they, any way they can, but they don't understand. They they just don't have it down yet. Well, yeah, like Ryder is kind of the face of the rebellion on Lothal now. Now that mm-hmm. our now that the Ghost Crew is gone, he's kind of the only one there that to to kind of take over. So it would I mean it would make sense that this would be kind of an amateurish plan. Because as we see, Thrawn gets involved trying mm-hmm. to figure out why we have this string of this string of malfunctions on all these speeders and on the walkers, and well, he's see, doing I, a personal investigation. Yeah. And see, I think he already kind of knew what was going on, and that's why he's just like, "Hey, you, why don't you test this out? Keep going, bye." Yeah, like, like he, he may not out. he may not have known it was Sumar, but he definitely mm-hmm. like knew. But I mean, that was that was an intense way to like make an example. Like, I did not see that coming, where he makes him personally ride the speeder to until it blows up. Yeah, and the fact that he was the Sumar was like, "Hey, it's it's overheating. There's something wrong with it. I should stop." And Thrawn's like, "No, you're not going to stop. The demonstration is not over." (laughs) Yeah, that right there, that was intense. Like, 
Ugh, I loved it. And how he and how he forced <laughs> he forced them to keep writing. Like, ah, oh, that was so crazy, and I just did not expect that. You know, and every once in a while too, Rebels just goes dark, and uh, very interesting to watch the angle that they uh, kind of you know made you know that Sumar was dead. It was at that like interesting angle of the the speeder you see it exploding in the corner of the TV, and then you just mm-hmm. see like a, a burnt up mask that he was wearing. Well, like the whole time I was like, no, they're not going to do it. They're not going to kill him. They're not going to kill him. And then we see it. We see him blow up. And I was like, no, nah, he got launched to the other side of the room. Like they're not going to kill. Someone. <laughs> and then and then we saw the mask and I was like, whoa, OK, like, I guess I guess we did kill Sumar. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty dark. <laughs> they took out the uh, well, we don't see them take out the guy who um, had the malfunctioning um, ATDP, right? ATDP. Yeah, they. I thought they were going to shoot him on site. They took him off, didn't they? But they, yeah, they dragged they dragged him off screen. Yeah, so he can die. <laughs> well, you know what's yeah, interesting? So oh, I was going to say that. Uh, I thought it was interesting that um, Thrawn walked up to Sumar even a little before that and said, uh, "You were pressured basically into right. the uh, they you know helping the uh, Empire assembly line, right?" And you know, Sumar reveals that he lost his farm, and that's why he had actually join and, and help the empire it was almost like he weeded that out as mm-hmm. a potential testing his theory you know and of course it, he uses it later on to tell price off and tell price that this is really partially her fault because she was willing to you know conscript these people who don't want to work there so of course they might have tried stuff like this well she, yeah like he makes that point he makes that point and she well she fires back like we've got quotas to meet very defensive right away mm-hmm. the quota schmodas they don't matter when you're working on thrawn's project <laughs> which yeah let's talk about thrawn's project that was a cool yes that was another thing from legends that we got that we got back um the mm-hmm. tie defender from the old tie fighter game i I, I was pretty excited. I love the Tie Defender. It's not my favorite Tie model, but but everybody nods such, at it. It's and, so cool. Yeah, everybody yeah. loves it. It's just such an uh, a unique design for a Tie Fighter. It has the shields. Uh, it's got the four cannons on there. It's just a gorgeous like Tie Fighter. But yeah, it's not my favorite either. But it's it's an it awesome just ship. yeah. I mean it it looks it looks so different and I I don't know like I there's something about it like I just I love it. And, but I just, I don't know how it would fit. Like, how do you have, I mean, it's, I want to think like in, in universe, like it's made in response to the B-Wing from last season. Mm -hmm. But obviously because we don't see that they're not in movie canon, they're going to have to make an excuse of why, I mean, obviously Thrawn's plan is going to have to fail. Remember, it's all one canon now, but it's. I mean, it's the same thing with like why we don't see the ghost crew. They're there's they're off doing something else. But wouldn't wouldn't you think? Th- see, I assume. See, my assumption was that they're these Tie Fighters. Something because they're being built right now. Something's going to happen that's not going to allow them to go fully functional, or they're only going to be a few, and they're going to be taken out because obviously we don't see them later on. And I don't know why the Empire wouldn't use them if they had them. Well, yeah, like we could see, like so they've got to they, explain that. This away. could be 
I mean, these could just be taken out before before they get put into mass production. Yeah, see, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming is going to happen, which is a shame because I really like them. But. I wonder what's going to happen in Rogue One though with the Ewing. You know, yeah, same thing. It's it's just a different different question for a different ship, but it's the same basis, I think. Yeah, it's the same continuity issues that they're going to have to. Well, yeah, the U-Wing, they have the TIE Striker. The TIE Striker, the death, yeah. The Death Troopers. Even the Sith uh, Inquisitors um, prototype TIE. Mm-hmm. Well, that one was just a variant of Vader's. Right. So I, th- those were kind of kept unique to just the Inquisitors. Like, those were all their personal ships, rather than being, like, a mass-produced version. But... It'll it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see kind of what happens with that. But of course, you know, um, after the death of Sumar, after Sumar, the you know, um, Kanan and Ezra realize that they have to get out of the situation. Everybody's on lockdown. Their comms are cut off, so they have to figure out a way to get this information and get out. And yeah, rightly, like, that yeah. was that was cool when they're like running down the hallway and they're like, Ezra makes the point like, we got to get out of these uniforms because the workers are being locked down not troopers right. right and right as they turn the corner there's a scout trooper and a stormtrooper <laughs> that was awesome. and i like how ezra is always in the scout trooper armor <laughs> this is second yeah. time he's been in scout trooper armor i don't know why they couldn't well, put them both in, in just a regular stormtrooper one though well ezra's would, yeah. well ezra ezra's still shorter than Caden. like that's that's kind of the thing yeah so like you'd have a taller scout than a or a taller scout than a regular stormtrooper. And as we know, like you can't be too short for a stormtrooper. Like they're all kind <laughs> of, the kind of height. average height. Yeah. So it makes sense that you would kind of train as a scout first and then eventually, Move up. you know, up to a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing. Uh, Cause right before that was chopper's distraction and the imperial officer right away go to maintenance. <laughs> and I yeah, love like the- that, that was kind of weird. <laughs> I would have thought would- they would have taken him out. But. Yeah, I would have thought they would have just blasted Chopper on site. I mean, like he made a distraction by overrunning another speeder bike and just making that fly out, like fly towards ev- all the officers that were there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you would just think like that. Well, one that's typical Chopper, but two like everybody's so on edge on edge right now they that was kind of dangerous for chopper to do like he that could have ended chopper right there yeah but nonetheless it was a nice comedic moment so (laughs) yeah and obviously like after they get in the armor we think maybe it's going to be smooth sailing but then thrawn mentions that if people don't have his the code that he's given out to people that they need to be didn't he say like taken out on site like you yeah. said, executed, like, like, like taken out on site if they don't have my codes. Like that was like Thrawn is not messing around. No, th- he is uh, always one step ahead, if not two. And uh, that was one of the precautions he took. Um, and it was it was neat to see how they uh, they actually had the code. It was on, you know, just the droids. They would just present them to the stormtrooper before they would actually go into Section A2. Yeah, like that was. I mean, it was convenient because it obviously worked just for the droids. I like they wouldn't have like Kanan and Ezra wouldn't have been able to walk in there using that. But it was it was cool watching that. But now you know because they used the droid, Thrawn is now aware that they have a droid that does this. 
because obviously an unauthorized droid accessed the terminal and so he knows about that now by the way the room in there was pretty sweet and it looked very much reminiscent of you know uh the death star uh where they mm-hmm. control the, the big laser and well yeah we had a death there was a death star gunner helmet in there too yeah yeah it was awesome like i caught that and i was like i guess i guess other technicians can wear this like it's not just <laughs> it's just not the death star gunner helmet anymore so that was that was an interesting kind of look yeah uh, i really but but that was something i noticed too like when thrawn's like oh like they have their own or like this uh unauthorized droid like we haven't seen anybody pay attention to stuff like that before and mm-hmm. they've made the point that nobody pays attention to droids and here we have somebody finally paying attention to droids and so by that's the way, one more piece of his puzzle. Yeah. And the way Chopper gets it, I don't know what it is about Chopper, but every time he makes a move on another droid where he attacks them, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's yeah. a bye bye. Yeah. It was just like just a casual low key, like shock as soon as they got the card. Yeah. <laughs> or but tape. Of course, they called. Yeah. Um, I also really, really liked the part. So after obviously, um, Chopper gets the information. I think it's after Chopper gets the information or while he's getting it. Uh, they're confronted by another set of stormtroopers who don't buy what they're saying. The entire time, they're really, really suspicious. And even when they walk off, they're like, this just doesn't seem right. Which I really liked because a lot of the times they're able to, you know, Ezra and Kanan are usually able to sweet talk stormtroopers. But these stormtroopers seemed way more skeptical and almost immediately turned on them. But no, like that was the cool thing about these stormtroopers is that they saw right through it. Normally we don't get that with, with troopers. Like they've been portrayed as pretty dumb the whole time. So that was like really nice to see. Yeah. It's almost, it'd be curious to know if it's because they're more height, they're more aware, they're more heightened because of what Thrawn's saying, or if these were, were these stormtroopers always based on, in you know, here or did they come with Thrawn? Because maybe Thrawn has stormtroopers that are a step above other stormtroopers. I felt like there was a little pause too with the uh, the leader. <laughs> he was kind of like, "Wait, that's not right." Yeah, yeah. And, and then of course they have to go running because they realize that they've been found out. Get into the elevator, and we cut to commercial. <laughs> but no, but that was cool when they run into the when they run up to the elevator and. It opens and Callus is there and he says, get yeah. in. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And then he's like, yeah, rebels. <laughs> and then cut to cut to commercial. I loved it. Yeah. And then it was, that was, re- that was really, really cool. Especially when we get our reveal. Uh, and then he says the, the secret code, fulc- the secret fulcrum phrase mm-hmm. that, I mean, and it made sense. Like it, they, cause everyone, Kanan and Ezra were both like, what are you talking about? Oh, it's by the light of the Lothal moons. That's the code. Well, yeah, but that's but that's how he figured out. That's how they figured out that. Oh, like he's Fulcrum. He, he he's is Fulcrum. Fulcrum. Now, did you guys see that coming? Because I I I knew that he. I, I had a feeling like since we saw him uh, helping Sabine out, that they he probably was going to turn Rebel. But I actually didn't see him being the person the entire time. I had I had a feeling that that he would make that turn. I'm surprised that we found out so soon. Mm-hmm. 
Do you but, feel like they kind of threw away his reveal a little bit, like a little more exciting instead of him getting beat up and like, I'm Fulcrum, I'm Fulcrum. I, I, I kind of feel like I would have rather have waited a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But then, like, maybe if this episode had come a little later in the season, like after we've been working with this Fulcrum for a while, and then have and then have that reveal like, oh, it's been callous the whole time. Like, I feel like I feel like that would have made it a little stronger. It still was cool though. I I uh, still had a smile yeah. from ear to ear. Um, and now that we've kind of mentioned Fulcrum and Agent Callus, there was little hints here and there throughout the episode. Uh, that he was Fulcrum, and one of the ones I noticed was when Sumar blew up and the mask fell down, he was the only one of the Imperials who had a surprised look. Yeah, like he, he was, seemed very like upset about it. He was very affected by it. And so when we actually get the reveal, I was actually really excited about it. Um, and it was nice to hear the little sa- the phrase, the saying. I started to believe that he was Fulcrum uh, from somebody in our Slack channel. Um and I'm just going to give him props now, but Derek was the one that kind of implanted that whole theory in my head. And since then, I believed it. And so it wasn't a surprise, but it was very much a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I have a feeling that he's not long for this world, though. Yeah, because as we find out at the end of the episode, Thrawn knows that there's somebody on the inside doing it. And he's heavily hinting that he knows <laughs> it's Callus. And that's the thing oh, about he's... Thrawn, though, because Thrawn, even though he has suspicions, he never acts on emotion. It's always calculated, and he's going to draw it out until he and... actually knows 100% it's him. Yeah, and what I thought was really interesting is that, oh, we can get into it um, a little bit later, but I liked the fact that he basically told Callus what his plan is to do with this, <laughs> this yeah. spy, and you know Callus is probably going to fall for it even though he's going to be looking for it, which I think is great because there it's all about a chess. Again, like I've used this, you know, analogy before it's like a chess game, but he's playing 3d chess while the rest of them are playing on one board. Like Thrawn understands the game so much better than everybody else. And I just, I, I, it's a joy to watch. And I re- I really like Callus. and it, man, I really don't want to see him go, but it's going to happen. I just hope he goes out awesome. But uh, obviously, um, once the reveal is done and he's explaining what Callus is explaining to Kanan and Ezra, what they're going to have to do. I liked that entire scene with all three of them, with Callus basically taking hits repeatedly for them. <laughs> Those well, yeah, are I, great I, moments. Okay, so, yeah, we got to talk about this. So <laughs> yes, please. They, when they get into the control room, and they they try to make it look convincing. Yeah, he runs. So in. they <laughs> so they start they start hitting Callus <laughs> really hard. Yo, he runs and in going he, revels and shooting out like towards the uh, elevator. <laughs> then they use the force on him. Oh, so good. Uh, poor Callus, like he's trying to help them, and they're just beating the crap out of him. Well, yeah. So after everyone's taken out of the room and. The rebel Kanan and Ezra get their get the codes to get off and get their comm links unjammed so Ryder can come get them. Callus is kind of like, I have to make this so convincing because the Empire is going to be here any second. And they're <laughs> like, oh, okay, we'll help. And Ezra uses the force to launch him through the control window. Kanan's was and, the best, though. He goes, Ezra. Is like, Ezra, 
what? That was convincing. He's, and like, he's like, yeah, but I wanted to do it. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> Like, so good. I but, I think if I think if anything, <laughs> that has to be one the quote of the season and two our intro for this episode. I'm very fond of Callus. Uh, did you? I understand why they had to do it, but don't you feel like they were being really harsh on him? Well, I mean, they don't they don't entirely trust him. Like that, yeah. they're they're surprised that Callus is the one who came out to be the one to help them. So they're they're working with him, but they don't entirely trust him, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, he's been their bad guy for two and a half seasons, and not just a bad guy; like he really put the rebels through a really tough time. And it's it's hard to believe somebody could just do a one eighty turn that quick. Yeah, you know? and, and he and he makes his case like he makes his case that that you know. Zeb kind of convinced him, and he helped mm-hmm. him save him. He saves Sabine. Like he's he he has his points, but they're also right in believing that like you know we're still not a hundred percent sure you're on our level. Yeah, it just seems like I, I I've liked we've only seen a few instances where he's obviously been helping them, but it seems like he we've seen instances on his face where he clearly is becoming jaded with the empire and the amount of destruction and murder that they're willing the body count that they're willing to have like it's clear that he may have believed in the empire at one point but the extent that the empire is going to maintain power and gain power is bothering him and so i think that's where he's made the switch well as we see like that's that's a common thread with a lot of turncoat imperials like they joined one because it was basically doing government service like like in starship troopers like that's how you got your Mm -hmm. citizenship yeah, like was through government service. So to them, like it, it just seemed like, hey, I'm just I'm just enlisting because I really believe in our government and I really want everybody to be safe. And then as you find out later, like it's not entirely what you thought. You know, it's a pretty cool thought, though. Uh, obviously, with um, Fulcrum being callous and kind of being a double agent here. No, oh, no, he's not a double agent, but he's, you know, an inside man as the episode yeah. is named. But the the TIE Defender also, the, the mission where you actually use the TIE Defender uh, was against a guy who was also um, trying to defect from the Empire, uh, Zarin. Do you remember well, that mission? You know, yeah, no, no. Like, that that was... Uh, was it Zarin? Yeah. It was, or was it, it was the other one? Zarin, yeah. Oh, man. I was just recently playing TIE Fighter 2, and I hadn't gotten to that point yet. Yeah, I wonder if that's a nod a little bit. It'd be interesting. I don't know. It'd be cool if we got Admiral Zarin in here. Because Admiral Zarin was the Grand Admiral that they took out and how Thrawn became a Grand Admiral. Yeah. So that would be uh, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. But um, Now, Mike, did you want to talk a little bit about uh, the fact that we got to see Kanan's eyes for the first time in forever? Yeah, so that was that was really cool. Like this whole episode, Kanan kind of spent it without his mask on, and so this is the first time in a while that we've got really good looks at like the burn on his face and his white eyes, and that that was just really really cool. Like I almost kind of prefer he would just rock this look instead of the mask. I agree. It humanizes him. So definitely, definitely okay with that look coming back. So. 
Let's uh, also mention, by the way, that Thrawn um, discovers that the rebels got away, not just with somebody from the inside, but a ranking Imperial officer. Like he actually pointed that out, kind of made Callus a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Now, but does he one hundred percent suspect Callus or oh, I, maybe I think Price? I think he a hundred. I think he doesn't think Price is very intelligent. I think he, <laughs> I I think he suspects Callus a hundred percent, and I think that's why Callus was in the room in the first place. Like, because see, Callus. Here's the thing: Callus knew what the Phoenix symbol meant. He asks Price. Price doesn't have a very good answer. Callus gives him the full answer, and then we have Callus with the rebels and well, getting quote unquote taken out. I think he's able to put that together. No, but that's a, that's the other thing is Callus knows what that is. I mean, it's his job to know. He's with ISB. Like, yeah. He's basically the FBI and the NSA of Star Wars. So he, it's his job to know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Thrawn's words are very directed, though, and they have, mm-hmm. they have a purpose. Thrawn never speaks out of emptiness. And so I almost took it as uh, when he actually mentioned that moment, Price's reaction was very different from Callus's reaction. And Pri- you know, like I said, Thrawn has a purpose with his words. So he's testing the waters when he speaks also. To, I took it as he's looking at their reactions and Callus acted yeah. very suspiciously to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're, you're right that he's Callus is part of the intelligence organization, but his answer was almost more respectful and very like, Oh, well this is he price was very dismissive and had a bitterness in her voice when she talked about the symbol, even if she didn't understand the full meaning but the way that Cal spoke about it was completely different. And I think, it, again, I think you're completely right, Ernie, is that it it's not necessarily what they say, but it's how they say it and their reactions to it that Thrawn is paying more attention to. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I want to go with I'm, that. I, well, I think he's just, you know, I, I obviously I think Thrawn is <laughs> suspe- I think he's usually right in his suspicions. Obviously he is now. But I didn't think about it when he said, I didn't, let me put it this way. I didn't think about it when that first scene was going on. But after the last scene where Thrawn is basically saying that he's, he knows that there's a high ranking Imperial spy. I looked at that other scene in a different light. I don't know if that was necessarily the intention, but I saw it differently after I knew what Thrawn was talking about, basically. You know what, though? I got to say, it was nice to actually have Thrawn move. Instead of direct people what to do, mm-hmm. he, he actually took over. Like, completely took over. Especially when Kanan and Ezra decide to, you know, go to the East Bay Wing where uh, Ryder was waiting for them. And they decide to get into the ATDP. And they're sneaking out and the two walkers are talking to each other. You know, Walker, <laughs> what are you doing here? And right away, you actually hear Thrawn over the intercoms. That is the rebels attack them, and it was it was nice to actually see Thrawn actually start moving to hurt somebody. Yeah, I also liked that the ATATs the entire <laughs> time when the first one was shooting and having to shoot through the legs. I was like, man, are they gonna? 
and then the the other one mentioned, and he was like, "Can you move?" <laughs> and yeah, like that I, I, <laughs> But I I think the part that like really really got me was when they decided like when the ATTP went underneath the ATAT, mm-hmm. they were like, "Let's just crush them." <laughs> and that and was they, such a cool thing yeah. you've never seen ATATs do before. Like, and the fact that they were thinking actively and smart, it's just, it was great. If they hadn't been Jedis, they'd been toast. That was an exciting yeah, was, scene. It was it so really exciting. Was. <laughs> yeah. Really, really was. Like, that whole scene just kind of had me just on edge. Like, I was like, whoa. It was a nice was move so... by Ezra. It was a nice move for them to think quick with the lightsabers to cut into the ATAT. Ah, it was so great. I'm going to rewatch the episode tonight just to watch that scene again. Yeah, and I just loved the fact that it seemed like Ezra and Kanan were finally against stormtroopers and, you know, the grunts that actually had intelligence and could match them. It didn't feel like they were just being fodder. It was clear that these stormtroopers were thinking and trying to combat this in a different way, which was and like, you know, thinking on their feet, which I just don't think we've really had a lot of. No, we definitely have it. And so, like, this whole episode with the way the Imperials were acting just felt like something we've never really had before. Yeah. And it's so way I, more fun to have. You know, sorry. It's, I just think it's way more fun to have formidable opponents when we're well, rooting yeah. for no, it's, our good it's, guys. It's, it's a lot more fun to watch, to watch them not always kind of sail to victory every week. Mm-hmm. And this one, they actually so, had a loss. You know, they lost Sumar, and it was very apparent when they got onto um, Ryder's um, land speeder. It, that was his wife, right? On, on there with them? Yeah, with no, the that bazooka? was. Yeah, that was his wife, and I I didn't realize that she didn't find out at this point. Like, I, I just assumed she worked in the factory, too, so I didn't realize that she didn't know that Sumar died. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't like the the Rebels completed their mission they got what they needed to verify but they went away licking their wounds it wasn't a happy-go-lucky like another day you know fighting the imperials it was very much like that was that was close that was too close yeah also go ahead one thing i noticed was the bazooka she was using is the same one that boz uses in rogue one so i was like oh that's a little uh oh no kidding little uh synergy there if not, if if not the same model, it's very similar. So, awesome. And you know, we we had one loss, but with the other rabble, with the rabbles, <laughs> the other rebels <laughs> inside, there may be more. We already saw one, you know, carted off, and any of them that prove that their you know items were sabotaged, they're done for. Well, yeah, that's a, that's the thing I mentioned earlier, like how do you not realize like this is gonna backfire on you on some point like i would i would be worried if if i was one of the people who was on writer's team sabotaging things because this is so amateurish at this point and the way thrawn was able to figure out like you guys are building this it has a higher rate of things a higher rate of failures i'm gonna make you personally test them now rather than just signing off on it but why didn't price well, no, Price that was, is, that I was mean, I'm just, Price, yeah. Like, like she said, like we have, we, she was more focused on filling her quotas that she was and not given. paying attention to the, the error rates, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It just shows she's very 
she tends to be very micro oriented as, as opposed to macro. We haven't mentioned this, by the way. I'm very happy to see an Imperial factory. I thought that was so cool. I was all about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was something, too, um, they mentioned on Rebels Recon. Like, this is very much the Empire in full strength now. Like, if you look at, at, if you look at Lothal, like, they've kind of dropped all pretense of, like, hey, we're here to help you. We're the government. Like, you know. <laughs> and now it's just pretty much like, you're going to work for us. You're a number. And, you know, get to work. Like, that's, it, it's, it's very interesting to see that that kind of evolution that's uh, that's kind of what they said they always wanted to do with Lothal was have that be the main way to show the viewers how these things are transitioning mm-hmm. so i liked it i thought it was yeah amazing. i liked the the neat little electric banners that the empire had all over oh those were neat too uh, i did like that and there's one more thing i wanted to mention about the episode also i uh I loved it. It made me crack up. But when Zeb kind of, you know, rubs his the back of his head and says "Caravast," I think I accidentally recruited Callus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that was that was pretty cool. Like <laughs> he's just kind of like, uh, like I, I guess I'm the one who recruited him. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's go ahead and rate this episode, Lindsay. Um, I would give it a ten. I loved it. I loved it so, so much. I thought it was, we got the reveal of Callus. We had Thrawn and full Thrawniness. We got to see some really cool action with Kanan and Ezra. And we had some actual stakes happen. People died. Plans were gotten. I felt like this was back to what I really wanted from, you know, what I really, really like from Rebels. Ernie? Uh, I'm going to give it a 9.5. It was, it was a very close 10, but I think I'm saving that uh, number for something a little more Kanan-heavy. But <laughs> I got to tell you, it was nice to see Thrawn uh, do some damage. Um, you know, the Rebels kind of lick their wounds a bit um, and, you know, can't can't argue with uh, seeing a nod from old legends, so... Yeah, this episode got up to 190 for me and just blew up. So, like, <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, like I said earlier, like this is just it was a return to form, and like you know we had we had the I, I love the shenanigans when they're infiltrating like that, and having a smart empire kind of getting wise to it was just the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. So yeah. definitely definitely one of my favorite episodes this season all right well i think that is gonna just about do it for us for this episode uh we will join everybody next week for visions and voices did you guys see the episode oh yes it looks it looks insane yeah haunted by visions of maul ezra has to journey across the galaxy Upon arriving at his destination he has to participate in a strange ritual to sever his connection to maul so Whoa. I'm I'm kind of excited. I I wonder where he's got to go. So yeah. uh, if you guys want to shout to us and let us know where you think Ezra's going to f- figure out how to do this thing, let us know on Twitter at Ghost Stories Pod. But if you want to talk to us individually, you can hit me up on Twitter at It's the Rocketeer. That's I T S the Rocketeer. Specter Eight. Where can we find you? 
I'm at Betty Bloodshed on Instagram and Twitter. And Spectre Knight. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at YabuddyErnie. So we are part of the Random Chatter Network. So give us a listen and listen to everybody else who is on this network. You can catch Ernie and I on our other show that we do here, the Retro Convo. You can also check out the main Star Wars show, Echo Base. They also do Random Chatter and Outer Rim, covering all other fandoms. But if you like TV shows too, you've got Scarlet Velocity, Green Justice, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Case Files. So until then, guys, may the Force be with you, and we will see you next time. Bye.